DC Cab. They've got class. Where to, baby? Nowhere with you. And they care. You charge Mr. and Mrs. Tomatsu $195. They had a lot of luggage. Two. We're the worst company in town, and we know it. Get out of my cab, I'm rich. You don't have to shut us down. This company is closed, pending further investigation. Make an investment in DC Cab. If I wanted responsibility, I'd have been a damn sex surrogate. Fasten your seatbelt. Because they're back on the street. DC Cab. What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Bad Meaning Bad or Bad Meaning Good podcast. Uh, For this episode, I'm your host, Jay. And with me along on this crazy ride that we're about to go down is the one and only Mr. Derek. Derek, how you doing, sir? God damn it. God damn it. This movie was so much. I liked it more when I was four. I think that was because it was like that was the only way I was able to stay up past a certain time and and watch TV was if I watched what they wanted to watch. But God damn it. Oh, I should have never watched this shit again. (laughs) So so the the movie that he's kind of having a crisis about is the one movie that I picked, um, DC Cab, mm. which came out in 1983. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was I was four. Yeah, I was four because I was three when the movie initially came out. Okay. And um, I know that this movie came out after Rocky Three came out. Yeah. So, um, you know, Mr. T. That was a motherfucker. Like, you know, he had just been Clever Lang. He could literally do no wrong in the like at least one free drink based off the fact that he was Mr. T and another free drink based off the fact that he was Clever Lang. That's how bad he was as Clever Lang in Rocky Three. Yeah, I mean, he was that dude in, in Rocky Three. And and then no. the niggas gave him speaking roles in this movie and <laughs> fucked it all up. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, we're gonna get into it, but real quick, I mean, because I had put the post I, I when I had did my rewatch um yesterday or whatnot, I just was making comments about the movie. If you mm-hmm. notice on the poster, he has the biggest picture on the poster. You would think he stars in the movie. But, yeah, and, and like I said too, when I was doing the rewatch, I said, you know. If you didn't know any better, you would swear that there wasn't someone in this cast that was an Oscar-nominated actor. Right? I was <laughs> so. actually shocked when I saw the people, the cast that they, that, they, that they organized for this movie. I was shocked because I, too, thought it was just Mr. T <laughs> because I was four and all I remember was Clever Lang. So... To see all these people, I literally geeked out a couple times when I saw some of the people. Um, So then I was also surprised at how they could take all these people. Like, I'm a chef. Mm -hmm. Every so often, I'll take the ingredients that I've used many, many times before to make a magnificent meal, and I'll make that same exact meal, and it don't work. And there's no if, and, or why to why it didn't work. I put in the same. All right, look, black folks, niggas. Can I call y'all niggas niggas? Look, sometimes y'all niggas can put a whole cup of sugar into your Kool-Aid and it tastes just fine. It's on the level. And then other times you could put a whole cup of sugar into that same type of Kool-Aid and it's too damn sweet. And there's no if, and, or why about why it's happening that way. It just happens. DC cab was too much sugar. <laughs> well, all right. So, since you brought up about the cast, let's 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 real quick. I mean, of course, Mister T. That that's right off the bat. We have Adam Baldwin. Adam Baldwin, I freaked the fuck out. I mean, back then, yeah, but in recent years, I mean, he 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 been kind of, you know, he he's one of those. Um, yeah, but you know, I knew him from Chuck. Like, it wasn't yeah. from anything he did back then. It was like, oh damn, that's damn, that's Casey from Chuck. I didn't know he was in this. Yes, and 
so that was the first thing that I, well, no, no, let me be honest. The first thing I freaked out about was the fact that this is a motherfucking Joel Schumacher film. Yes. <laughs> a Joel Schumacher directed movie and the director of photography was freaking Dean Cundy. Dean Cundy is like one of the top, you know, DPs of all time. And Giorgio Moroder did the music. So he's it, the one who did the Hateful Eight. He's the one who wrote, who rides with Quentin Tarantino. So it's like this. <sighs> mm. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, I'm, I, I would ch chuck this up to being that this is the 80s and everybody was high on cocaine. And, so. <laughs> and, and everybody just, yeah, we're going to do this movie about some rogue ass cab drivers. But. Something. Okay, so like I said, Adam Baldwin is here. Gary Busey is mm -hmm. in this movie. He's mm -hmm. the Oscar-nominated person that we were t talking about. Also incredible. Please go ahead. I mean, it's incredible he's an Oscar-nominated person, but please. Because I didn't realize Gary Busey was Gary Busey films in 1983. Yeah. I mean, he, he was nominated for the Oscars in 79 because he played Buddy Holly. Ah. Uh. I can't, yeah. I, I can't even close my eyes and picture him playing somebody serious enough to get an Oscar because <laughs> this nigga was literally laid out underneath the toilet, underneath the bathroom stall, talking about doing intestinal yoga. Well, I mean, that's that's after the accident and he just lost his damn mind. But yeah, um, <laughs> we got we got Marshall Warfield in this. Oh, my God. Bill Mayer. Yes. Before he just started having a, a, a you know, a talk show with that. He actually was in movies. Did Bill Maher was a was a normal ass person. Yes. We <sighs> got Paul Rodriguez. God, right? Whitman Mayo, Grady himself from San Francisco, is in this movie. I always called him White Man Mayo because it was funnier that way. And then from now on, I will only call him Mister Rhythm. Hey, I mean that's who he is now. Yeah, you know, he's Mr. Rhythm. Raggedy ass cab with no damn tires. <laughs> don't don't call him out on that raggedy ass cab. Every cab that they had, yeah, but his was, his was the worst. His was the worst, <laughs> but he's homeless. Everybody else's shit was rusted out and just decimated, and they're driving it, and people are hopping in and out of it like it's not a health issue. Those cars are like people sitting in the back and just pissing them. They don't even take off their pants. They don't pull down their pants or anything. They just piss their pants and piss on the seats, and they're like, let me out here. Well, I mean, and then, of course, the the one part where the dude was about to get um, topped off. Yeah, and, and, and Mr. T. Cabin, too, like, oh, oh no, no, y'all get your ass up out of here. But, you need to be a baker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, I need the bread. Well, you need to be a baker. God damn. Also, I, I still want to know how the hell did they get Irene Cara to make an appearance in this movie? 83. And you know, I had heard her. The only way I had heard her name since this movie, to be completely honest with you, was via rap music where somebody said that somebody looked like Irene Cara. Wow. And I was like, is she a, I thought she was a, a adult film star, the way that they were talking about her. So when I finally saw her, I was like, oh, huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't expect you to be here. And yeah, yeah. You're you're passing by one of the most important questions of this movie. Okay. Why the fuck did the movie start out <laughs> with a slow motion view of the bottom of a cab that looked like a fucking capital destroyer ship from Star Wars? I, I and then it jumps into a horror movie. Yes, because <laughs> if you if if you've never seen this movie, you'd be like, "What the fuck am I watching? Is this a horror movie? <laughs> like, what what is this? You got these. It is it's dark at night. You got these cabs, and then you got these people in these damn masks, and they look like damn devils or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, what the hell is happening here? And we introduced the Tyrone. Tyrone, good old Charlie Barnett. Um, cause we, we we're gonna talk about him, cause yeah, but yeah, this opening scene, it, it it does, it feels like it's it's the beginning of a horror movie, and you come to find out that this is some random ass games that these, cause they don't have nothing else to do, so they just make up some shitty ass games to play with each other or whatnot, like grown ass kids or something. In DC, niggas would get shot. <laughs> 
if you saw one person getting chased by six people with masks on, humming the Mission Impossible theme song, all in sequence, a cop would shoot you. It well, wouldn't be in DC in 83. A cop would shoot you. They're on PCP, Johnson. Open and shut case. <laughs> Sprinkle some crack on them. Let's get out of here. Well, and this fool tells them he runs into a parking garage and gets caught by all of them. And one of his rollers falls out. And he says, time out, fool. <clears throat> one of my rollers fell out. And these guys stop to help him find it. And he runs away and says, got you, suckers. And that's when I first thought about turning the movie off and telling you I was too sick to do this uh, episode. And you know what? I wouldn't have blamed you. <laughs> because, okay, so the first time I actually watched this movie was actually last year. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you saw it after you should have known better. Yeah. I mean, I mean, <laughs> look, it was, it was late at night. You know how you go to sleep with the TV on and you wake up? And it's just and it's, it's some, some random ass movie is on. You're like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. And that, that's basically what it was. And luckily for me, it was at the beginning. And then I saw Mr. T and I started seeing like other people I knew who was in it. I was like, okay, this is kind of interesting. Okay. But I was like, how did I never know about this movie? You know, for the longest time, because again, saw them when I was really young, I have always gotten this movie spliced in my mind. This movie is spliced seamlessly in with the other movie that's worthless as fuck yet will probably be on somebody's list somewhere down the line jeff car wash not the wash but car wash i get them spliced into my mind so much that i just see mr t driving a dc cab down the street while at the car wash plays in the background and so when i finally sat down and watched this movie and i didn't hear that song i got even madder and then I looked and saw that it was two completely separate movies. And I, I then I really thought about just saying I had COVID. And you know what? I can really see them being like, yeah, hey, y'all saw Car Wash, right? Okay, let's do that. But let's make it about cab drivers. Let's make it about cabs. Yeah. It's like, who? I mean, well, when you think about that, look at the post of, uh, of Car Wash. George Garland. Richard Pryor, and they both are only in one scene. Mm-hmm. And then, but then again, George Garland is playing a cab driver. So was he a part of DC Cab? He's part of the DC universe. <laughs> and well, okay, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm going to go. I know we're going. We're probably jumping around here, but ain't nobody going to watch this shit. <laughs> no, people have to watch this. They have to. <laughs> Look, this ain't blown away. People oh, ain't going to watch this shit. No. <laughs> you know. I might actually watch Blown Away again. It's all because of Jeff. <laughs> Jeff with that dead. God damn it. Uh, but no. The owner of DC Cab, Harold, mm-hmm. he has a flamethrower. He has a flamethrower. And I'm like, this has to take place in the same universe as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He know who Rick Dalton is. And he knows what he did with his flamethrower. Because why does Harold have a flamethrower? I just figured he was in Nam. Well, he was. <laughs> that was it. I he just, was. I just, I mean, him and uh, Albert's dad, they were war buddies. So. Yeah, I was just like, he was in Nam, and they let this motherfucker literally take a flamethrower home with them. Like, I thought that while you were able to take home maybe a nine millimeter from a war, I would have thought that would have been like, Harold put down the flamethrower. Put it back into its cubby, Harold. You can't take the flamethrower, Harold. But he took the flamethrower and he used it to light his fireplace. Good Lord. <sighs> yeah, Harold in the damn... I'm like... Because I had just recently again watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And you know, Rick Dalton with his fucking flamethrower. So I'm like, why does Harold have a flamethrower? Mm-hmm. And he plays around with it and his... But his wife is the one that uses it in the movie. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. But yeah. Okay. So we were introduced to Albert, who the movie, okay, the movie kind of makes us feel like Albert at first is the main character. But he's not. He's the he's the character 
that introduces us to the rest of the cast. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he is. This motherfucker hops off the bus looking like a kid who traveled from Kansas to Hollywood to become a, a movie star. He just looks so excited and so happy to work at a goddamn cab company. Like, he's asking everybody on the block, can you tell me how to get to Sesame? I'm sorry. Can you tell me how to get the DC cab? I almost said Sesame Street because he had the same fucking enthusiasm in his voice as he asked everybody who works at DC cab. It's weird. What? Who the hell wants to be a cab driver? I mean, I don't know. Maybe in '83, maybe that was a. Th- I don't know. But, no. But no. Yeah. My, he, he, if my dad told me to go out and do something better with my life, it, the first thing that goes to my mind is not I'm going to be a cab driver in Washington D.C. So I mean, we we get to D.C. cab, and this place is run down as shit. I mean, this is um, this is basically borderline a condemned building. That you know the way, the way it looks. Mm-hmm. The cabs are, are how are these cabs even on the street? I I don't know <laughs> because they they look like they should just be putting a damn depot somewhere, <sighs> and just everybody's just running around like like they they have no type of you know structure Man. at all. Everybody looks homeless, which is why I thought that Mister Rhythm actually worked there because he didn't look no different than Harold. Harold looks like a like a decrepit ass just deviant everybody looks homeless except for the uh, except for Myrna who works behind the desk Mr. T wears like these bright pink sweatpants that don't match with shit he's wearing everybody looks homeless everybody I guess that's how they dress in the 80s kids next time your parents start talking to you about the way you dress tell them quote shut the fuck up I've seen DC Cab. That's all you got to say. They will shut up. If they don't show up, shut up, then show them pictures of rappers from the 80s, too. That'll really stop them in their tracks. Yeah, yeah especially Woudini. Shit. Mm-hmm. But, but, oh, my God. And, okay, speaking of Myrna, did, did you catch how Gary Busey was always, like, trying to hit on Harold's wife? Like, what is happening here? Oh, yeah, I, I wrote it down. Myrna. You know the only thing wrong with oral sex? <laughs> the view. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but it's like, and even when they at the diner, Harold is sitting next to her and he's on the other side and he's hey, hey Myrna. You know, like what are you doing? Like this this man is sitting there, this is your boss, and this is how you do him. Like, I refuse to believe somebody wrote these lines for Gary Busey. Not, no, because he was coming up with some random ass shit. Yeah. <laughs> he, would just, he would just jump into the scene. Hey, you know, you know Albert, the, the, the niggers, the nigs. Yes. The nigs oh. are, uh, they take up about 75% of DC. And that's cool because, you know, when the niggers <laughs> get into the army, and they take the weapons and the guns, and then they're like, we have the weapons and guns, and they take over D.C. We're going to be cool with them because we work at D.C. Cab. Like, what the fuck? He... I've never heard anybody else fit nig and nigger into the same sentence. I, I don't know where his character is supposed to be from. I don't know. Is he supposed to be like a conspiracy theorist or something? Because he do come up with some outlandish shit throughout mm-hmm. this whole movie. Mm-hmm. Now, the, now the thing he says about the cops, you know, shooting people. Oh yeah, that's accurate. Yeah, and it's funny, like watching it in twenty twenty one, and he says that, and it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. you're right, you're yeah. right. <laughs> but you got that. But everything else he says is like, what the hell are you on? Like, are you on something, or should you be on something? <laughs> because yeah, I can see the should be on something part. Yes, definitely. But um, like I say. The, Okay, so Albert is potentially a a main character. We find mm-hmm. out he's not. Tyrone is looked at as a main character. Charlie Barnett, who I don't know if you noticed or not, he actually in another universe has Eddie Murphy's career. 
I can see that. I can also, I know that Dave Chappelle said that he was the comedian who influenced him the most, and I don't yep. see that. Yeah, I really don't, because his if you ever seen his stand-up, it does not fit with Dave's at all. So I'm about to look him up because watching him in this movie, I don't know how they made I don't I don't know what made them say, you know what, that guy. So I have to look him up. He he was supposed to have Eddie Murphy's career. He he was looked at as like the next. Yeah, he was supposed to be on Saturday Night Live, and then yep. Eddie took his spot. Yep. Hmm, I wonder why. I wonder why. Because somebody actually listened to him and found out they just looked alike. White oh, people. God damn. Because they black. God damn. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was actually he was on Miami Vice for a few episodes. So like I say, he he was supposed to have that career, but drugs and everything is what really derailed it and everything. But in an alternate universe, this man has the career that Eddie Murphy. Who knows? Maybe it's him and not Eddie that's in 48 hours with Nick Nolte. That would have been painful. Yeah, because he okay. Tyrone, first of all, when you first see him, he has rollers in his hair, green rollers, which you find out later that is a fucking wig that he wears. And he comes up with this whole thing of like, yeah, that's what I want y'all to think that I'm this dumb nigga, you know, type of thing. It's like, but why? Right. And also, when he says this line about um, you just, I, I went to college, but then I dropped out because and told them what they could do with, with college. He does this because Albert tells him to take the rollers out of his hair. Yeah. So this motherfucker <laughs> takes the entire wig off. <laughs> Turns out the rollers that he has in his hair the whole time, he's been wearing a wig around people. And he gets mad at Albert. Is this what you want to see, hunky? It's like, I I feel like there was part of his character missing. Right. Because it's like, okay, this would make more sense if there was more of a lead up to it or if it went somewhere. But it's like he does this with Albert and then they just drop it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, what was the point of that? I mean, there's a lot of scenes in this movie. Like, what was the point of it? But very much so. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like they were trying to say something with his character, but it's like they just went away from it. I don't know, but who knows? Um. So he's a second. Then it's like, okay, is Harold the main character? He's the owner of DC Cab. You know, he's trying to have a bunch of people have a job. He seems like a nice dude, even though he looks like he wrestled in Mid-South for Bill Watts in the 70s. But he he gets a whole backstory, the whole thing with him and his wife, you know, getting into it. We find out later that she really was cheating on him because it wasn't Gary Busey that she was cheating on him with. It was the damn Cheech Marin lookalike. Mm-hmm. who wanted to shut down DC cab the whole time. I, I don't know. It's like, how do you have a movie of an ensemble? You set up like three characters that are potentially the main characters, but none of them are really main characters. This movie wasn't built to make people think. <laughs> this yeah. was that. I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to picture in my head the best way to say this this movie came out in that dead period of movies in the 80s like star wars came out in like 77 and empire strikes back it came out at some point but there wasn't really a dearth of these like bonafide just blockbuster movies happening between the late 70s and the early 80s i guess and so this movie was carrying a lot of that 70s anything goes style comedy with a we want to be taken seriously because it's the 80s type sensibility and they just mashed it together and made mud like that's the only thing i could think of because it still had some of the gratuitous nudity of the late 70s and early 80s 
Yeah. It tried to have dramatic scenes that didn't work, like um, Mr. T getting mad at the <laughs> at the guy with the nice car because he's a pimp and he's a he doesn't do nothing, but literally sits on the sidewalk. He parks his car on the sidewalk in front of a store and everybody flocks around it because he has a nice car. So Mr. T later on in the movie tricks out his fucking cab with like the Bentley uh, hood ornament and, and horns and all kind of other shit that just looks garish. And everybody runs from the pimp's car over to Mr. T's cab. And now Mr. T feels important because he just wants the neighborhood to not follow pimps with nice cars. But now he's got a nice car. So does that make him a pimp? Also, they never should let this nigga say more than seven words in a line again. <laughs> Period. <laughs> I mean, well, wait a minute. You didn't like his uh, Capitol Hill speech when he no. was like, he ain't like that? No. I, I, I was just waiting for him to say I pity the fool somewhere. Yeah, you know, because it's funny. If, when you think of Mr. T, you swear that in everything that he was ever in, he said pity the fool. Mm-hmm. Even, it, it's almost like a... Um, in Rocky Three, he said, I pity anybody who tried to take what I got. He said yes. it. Yes. So, that was why his he didn't say it here? When when he ain't got shit else to do, but walk around in mismatched clothes. I don't know. And but but why was he? Why did he feel the need that he need to stunt on the pimp? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Why the fuck would? Why the fuck did his niece feel like? I just wanted to ride in his big pretty car, Uncle Samson. Just, like what are you doing, little girl? Like why are you riding his pretty car, Uncle Samson? That's all. I'm I'm, I'm thirteen. Oh, Jesus the fuck are you doing in that car? Exactly. Why he is the a... storyline? Are you gonna punch him, Mr. T? You're you're black Samson. These niggas jump through somebody's window and it's the wrong fucking house, and they just walk out the house and nothing Oops. happens. Oops. Sorry, little old white lady. <laughs> wrong house. Walk out. There's another motherfucker who can only drive his cab in reverse. Yes, the Barbarian Brothers, the Steiner Brothers, if you if you want to go that route. Mm-hmm. They only can drive the cab in reverse. What kind of <laughs> cartoon shit is that? This <laughs> movie, after the video games that I've played, this movie really reminded me, like, everybody reminded me of, the, of a character from Crazy Taxi, the video game. <laughs> and this movie immediately made more sense when I thought about it like Crazy Taxi. Well, what year did that game come out? Unfortunately, that game came out in like 2000 and way after this movie. So is a possibility that the creators of that game watch DC Cat? Because there's a dude in Crazy Taxi with uh, dreadlocks who doesn't match, and they probably mixed him. It came out in 1999. They probably mixed him. Uh, they mixed Mr. T up with the dude who had the dreadlocks who Albert was like, are you from Jamaica? And he was like, bitch, I'm from Cleveland. Which is that that actor is uh Otis Day, who's probably best known for being the singer from Animal Otis House. Otis Day and the Nights. Otis Day and the Nights. Hey Otis! My <laughs> man, Otis. <laughs> Do I know you? <laughs> you know what? Now I gotta go back and look and see if the dude who says my man Otis was it wasn't Charlie. That would have been funny. That would have been that would have made me laugh. If the reason why he said my man Otis is if it was Charlie from DC Cab and never seen each other again, he was like, "Do I know you?" That would have worked. So that's what that's what happened to Otis after you know after his uh, music career went to shit. I guess he, he ended up being a cab driver in DC. Hey, hey. So, so I mean, all right. So we get a there's a lot of random scenes in this movie. That's kind of why we just jumping around because it's you get montages. You just get a whole bunch of randomness, but where the movie, I guess, comes together is the whole thing of where Tyrone, he generally drops off Denise and the older lady, you know, at this wealthy man's house and because they basically the maids or whatnot. And the little kids, for some reason, they every time Tyrone shows up, they run out and they throw eggs at his car. Mm-hmm. every time but in the process of this there's this random nun that's always there taking pictures and it's like 
why is this nun there? Mm-hmm. What, what, is, what is she? So the one time that it's not Tyrone, I guess he quit, you know, being a cab driver. He's doing whatever the hell he's doing. And Albert is the one that's driving them. This whole plot comes about of where there's these people, have, I guess they've been, you know, staking out the house and just waiting for the perfect opportunity to grab these kids. Yeah, it turns out there that the women that Albert and uh, Tyrone have been driving to this house, they work for the ambassador of something. I'm just going to call him the ambassador of the game because that sounds like a good rap album. <laughs> um, and so his kids, one of which looks dead on Hermione, like she mm-hmm. looks like a little Hermione from fucking Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, are throwing eggs, being assholes. The two um, maids get hugged because they actually they love these kids. And one thing that happens is that the older uh, maid is when the kids get kidnapped in this heist. The older maid is like, my babies! And I'm like, man, they mammied the fuck out. My babies! Damn it. Bring back my babies! My little white babies! And did did she get shot? No. I don't know what happened to her. Because she had an arm in the sleeves? I I always thought she got shot. I think she just got knocked down and she old. Yeah, maybe she just fell down on her arm or something. Yeah. But that was... But I I don't know. In my mind, I made up when she got shot. It's but, okay, then you're giving it more storyline than they did. <laughs> so they take the kids and they take Albert. And some way, somehow, it gets blown out of proportion that Albert kidnapped the kids. Also, somehow, the rival cab company, oh, God. Emerald Cab, takes this time out to start crowing everybody that DC Cab has a kidnapper in their midst. And so Marshall Warfield should come work for them. Yeah, because that's that's a that's a running theme through the movie. What what the black dude, you know, you should come, you know, there's a cab with your name on it. You should come be with us. And she actually does think about it because you know she has a kid, so she needs the money. So in, in her aspect, because oh we failed to mention about her, the, the running theme up until this point of the movie, too, is that she always gets mugged by this by this dude in a mask. He literally mm-hmm. jumps in the cab, holds her at gunpoint, at gunpoint to take all of her money, and that's kind of the that's that's her storyline. Mm-hmm. Basically, she gets robbed, she gets mugged, and she's just tired of it. So she's thinking like, yeah, maybe I should go work for Emerald. You know, I won't get mugged most likely. I actually get paid on time. Enough of this Paul Heyman, you know, paying me whenever type of thing because harold doesn't have any money that, that's that's another thing because it get brought up harold doesn't hardly pay them exactly they're doing it for the love of the game basically. <laughs> so it's like, it's like what are, it's like what are y'all doing so because another thing in this movie too is about some person leaves a violin in one of the cabs or whatnot everyone going crazy trying to find it somehow mr rhythm is the one who ends up with this violin mm-hmm and you know they get or whatnot. So they is he were- breaking into people's trunks then? Like they never explain how he got the violin, because they're all just like, "Who's who's who's cab did you find it?" And he was like, "It's a yellow one." Hey, I I chuck it up to he's Mister he's Mister Rhythm. <laughs> to, he broke into a lot of cars. He just he got nothing else to do. <laughs> he got nothing else to do with us. He's a he's homeless. He has nothing else. To do. He's homeless in front of a cab company. Oh God! <laughs> so they actually do get the reward money for this violin. And Harold, he's like, you know what? Why don't we put the money back into the company? Cause you know we I'm broke basically, and I can't pay y'all. But maybe if we put the money back into the company, which nobody wants to go. It's like. No, I want my portion of this money. Now, here's the question I had, because maybe I missed something. But when the dude who was trying to close him down first came in and was talking about the violin, he was like the violin was worth $5.5 million. The reward was worth $10,000? Yes. Was that? that, And so 12 to 13 motherfuckers is fighting (laughs) over $10,000. 
which his wife Myrna takes and locks herself into a house with a flamethrower to protect. And I'm just sitting there watching like, it's $10,000. Now, I don't know. I guess I should look. How much was $10,000 worth in 1983? I mean, back then, it, it was a lot of money. I mean, I wonder what it equates to. $10,000 $10, in 1983 is equal to, you want to take a guess? No, you can go ahead, Tim. I don't even want, I don't even want to $10, guess. $10,000 in 1983? It's equal to $26,688 in 2021. That's not a lot of money, ladies and gentlemen. But the they value about, of it was he, more. He, he was talking about, like, it's going to save our company. I'm going to give you the money and you could give it back to me. He's literally going to give each of them, like, $500? <laughs> Which is what, a normal paycheck? Right. He actually gonna pay him and then ask for it back so we can fix his shit. Oh god damn it, Harold. And so then when Myrna takes the money, he finds out that Myrna's been cheating on him. Albert takes the money that his dad gave him, which was six thousand dollars. And with six thousand dollars, they fixed every single nasty, dilapidated, rusted out, tarnished car in their fleet. New paint, new logos. New jackets, new everything, and I'm like, they even they even repainted the building, right? I'm like, you lazy, cheap (laughs) piece of shit. You could have done all this a long time ago, Howard. He really could have. You could have if he did this with six thousand dollars, all your cabs, all your shit. He saved your business because you ain't giving a piece. Ah, shit. So, okay. So here's the thing. Here's my question to you. Why did they turn Myrna into this true villain? Because, yeah, it was kind of funny that Gary Busey was always hitting on her. Mm -hmm. But then she really turns out to have been cheating on Harold with alt-world Cheech Marin. And, and and hell, he doesn't even really freak out. He just like, where's my flamethrower? <laughs> what? In in her defense, and I don't usually defend people like this, but in her defense, he had it coming. Yeah, he did. Drinking up all the beer when all she wanted to do was have a beer and watch Johnny Carson. Yeah. Letting. Gary Busey openly hit on her at work. He watched it happen and she was like, look, you let them savages fuck with me every day. <laughs> All I want to do is come home and have a beer and watch Johnny Carson. Doesn't walk her home, won't go to the store to get her more beer. All she wants is beer. She's like, fine, I'm going to go to the store late at night in D.C. and I'm going to get raped and mugged. And then he's like, fine, I'll go to the store for you. She's like, no, I don't want the beer. That's when you knew that I've had that. I've, 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 I've had that conversation before. Baby, I will go get the ice cream. I don't even want the ice cream now. Fuck. I'm asleep on the, I'm asleep on the side of the bed. I'm not going to sleep on the couch. I'm going to sleep on the very corner of the bed so we're not touching. And over the course of the evening, I'm going to get closer and closer to you until we wake up side by side and we'll talk in the morning because you're mad. He never did that. He just stayed downstairs with, with Albert and was like, as long as you live in D.C., you can live with us. And Marna's like, the fuck he can. You, you know what? He had that coming. Yeah, he did. Because I actually put in my notes like, all Myrna wanted was some beer and to get put in a three-point stance every other night. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. That's and it. if little man Cheech is going to do it. God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Cheech. Like, I swear I swear they probably wanted Cheech Marin for this movie, but they couldn't get him. Or Cheech probably read the script like, I ain't doing that shit. doing that shit. I do so, dumb shit, but I got to be high. Do you got weed? Is there weed involved in this story? No, peace. And so it's like, let's get a Cheech Marin lookalike. Cause that's basically what he is, and I did not realize I've seen that dude in another movie. He's actually in The Way of the Gun with uh Ryan Phillippe and Benicio del Toro, and he doesn't have a name in the movie. His name is Question Mark, he doesn't have a fucking name in the movie. 
Yes. So, but yeah, why? But it's like, why have her go that route? But at the same time, is in a way, it's like, okay, let's make her a villain, but we're supposed to feel sympathy for Harold, but we really don't. So I, I don't know. Is this is what I'm talking about as far as this movie having a lot of randomness that they just kind of throw together in this movie. Mm-hmm. So, like I say, the only part of this movie that actually sticks together is <laughs> them trying to, you know, save Albert and these kids. That's the only part of this movie that has like some cohesiveness to it. Mm-hmm. That's the only part where they like, okay, we know Albert didn't do this. And Tyrone, he comes back dressing like he going to freaking court or something. And he's like, look, I know we know half the people who, who did this. And it's like, how? We never saw you interact with any of these people. How do y'all know these people? But okay, whatever. So they come up with a whole plan because they decide to go see uh, the older lady that's in the hospital. My babies, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatnot. And they try to get information from her um because it's who is it it's gary Busey, paul rodriguez and who am i forgetting tyrone they go to the hospital pretend to be lawyers <laughs> trying to you know they go in there and whatnot so they go to her mr t marshall warfield and one of the uh barbet well steiner brothers they go to see denise who i don't know nothing all, they, all she did was knock on the door. I don't know nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we even asked you no question yet. You don't know nothing. So clearly she was involved in the whole thing mm-hmm. and everything. Um, but some way, somehow, Albert, he breaks free from his restraints, gets on the, on the CB, and of all people, Mr. Rhythm is the one who answers in his old beat-the-shit cab. And he drives this thing on his rims to find Harold and everybody to let them know that Albert says that he's with Bruce Lee and there's a <laughs> and there's a windmill. That's some that's some terrible description. And that's the part where Mr. T and the Barbarian brothers jump through windows because they see a house that says a farmhouse because it's a farmhouse with a windmill uh, and he sees Bruce Lee. And so the mailbox said Bruce Lee, L-E-I-G-H. And um, so they jumped through the windows and it's not Bruce Lee that they were looking for. They're just eating dinner and nobody seems phased when they walk back. Actually, I'm sorry. Mr. T walks back out the, the door. The Barbarian brothers go back out the windows from whence they fucking came. Oops. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wrong house. Yeah, yeah. So... They eventually figure it out because they end up going to the drive-in that shows Bruce Lee movies. And Tyrone gets on top of the freaking big screen. I see the house. I see it. I see the windmill. So they get there. And now they don't have any type of weapons or anything. So they pretend to be the police. And I would have to say that this plan is somewhat kind of working. With Harold on the on the bullhorn, you know we got you surrounded and everything because they really the robbers, I mean, well the kidnappers, they're they're kind of stupid, so they actually are about to like, oh well, okay, we'll come out, we're gonna give you what you want, we'll leave. <sighs> Tell me this, why why does Tyrone run out and starts yelling, "Give me those kids!" Like, what are you doing? Also, <laughs> also. Before this happens, Tyrone, before all of the kidnapping shit happens, Tyrone and Albert have a moment where they almost get hit by a goddamn train. Oh, God. And after that happens, because Tyrone says that's the way that you can get into our game of chasing people with masks on or whatever. (laughs) Yes, what we uh, saw at the beginning of the movie. You got to prove you're not a chicken shit. After that happens and Tyrone freaks the fuck out because he's a chicken shit, he quits yes and and starts working selling souvenirs of people who are going to see the lincoln memorial (laughs) dressed up as mr as uncle sam and so that's when he sees um he sees gary Busey. gary Busey comes over to fuck with him and then from like 
five blocks away or four blocks away, he looks up the street and he sees Irene Cara uh, at a hotel about to get into a taxi. So he steals Gary Busey's taxi and drives over to pick up Irene and talks to her and everything. He has a great time. The next time we see this nigga, he's no longer wearing the the uh, roller wig and he's wearing a suit and he's changed. And I'm like, did he get some? Like what exactly caused this complete change in Tyrone to where he's like, I'm a good guy now and let's save them kids. Like I said earlier, there's parts of his character that is missing in this movie. Yeah, the important parts. <laughs> Good. We don't understand in the beginning why, why he's the way he is, why he wears this wig, why does he put on this over-the-top stereotypical facade for people. Then, like you say, after the whole thing with Iron Karen, yeah, he he's he's in a damn suit. Like, what happened? Something happened, but we're not going to go down that road of trying to make this movie better. Mm-hmm. But I come back to you with the question I asked. Why did he run out of the dark yelling, give me those kids? If I'm a, a, a kidnapper with a gun and a black <laughs> dude in D.C. runs out of a fucking field from a fucking farmyard yelling, give me those kids. I'm going to shoot him. Just to prove a point, <laughs> I'm going to shoot you. And then I'm going to point the gun at all your friends and they're going to go home. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. We are not playing these reindeer games. <laughs> There's this thing that used to be on the internet where a, 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 a white guy pops out of a garbage can and the black dude punched him in the face called Don't Scare a Brother. I'm sure the same thing works for white people in D.C. in 83 where a black guy pops out of the fucking cornfields talking about, give me those kids. <laughs> the woman was shooting at anything that moved anyway. Why didn't somebody put one in his dome? Uh, well, they didn't have any type of aim. They didn't have any type of time either. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. But they clear because, like I say, like you say, if 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 I see somebody like Tyrone just run out of out of the dark on me and I got a gun, he getting shot. <laughs> that's a, that's a clear. But I'm I'm just thinking like, what was his thought process? Oh, I'm gonna just run out here and just <laughs> demand these kids, and they just gonna hand me these kids. His thoughts were, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So they managed to get the kids from the kidnappers but albert stills get put in the back of the van and they drive off and then we get this damn mad max beyond thunderdome car chase with the cab drivers literally chasing them down beating the side of the, the van i don't know what the hell that was martial warfare was throwing at them at first i thought it was books but then it, it turned out it was like it was because it was exploding milk or lotion or <laughs> I, I don't know but but she doesn't throw her uh dildo which bill mars like you know the, the important stuff you know let's mm. let's we got priorities here you know type of thing so they managed to get albert out of the van and they end up going down this damn dead end road that we we find out it leads to the drive-in, the big screen, and they crash through it, and it's literally hanging through the big screen. The people watching the movie is honking their horns and yelling because I guess this isn't the 3D movie that they wanted to see. Where this van come from? And then they linger on it, and then the van and the screen falls to the ground. Killing yeah, the kid, everybody inside the, the car. The kidnappers died, yes. Everybody had to be dead because <laughs> it fell straight, like hood first. From a high distance, it fell. They didn't, nobody in that van had on seatbelts. No. The two in the front, heads immediately went into, they. if they're not already dead for going from going through the screen, <laughs> they're oh. dead once the screen falls forward and takes them with it. It's like, and they and they don't make any reference <laughs> to them after that. But DC Cal, they gets a damn hero parade. I would have arrested. 
and they get a what a certificate where harold gets a certificate and it's like what the hell why do they get a parade they get a hero's honor like this cab company gets a damn hero's honor why i would have arrested them all (laughs) i mean they caused all of this i'm saying like if y'all already get on um the police in the 80s for all the damage they caused when they chased down a criminal. You caused $5,000 worth of damage. Arrest all of these motherfuckers who all went vigilante. They really did it. They, they caused went, a lot of this. They didn't call no cops. They went vigilante. They destroyed a drive-in. That's somebody's livelihood. They yeah. messed up the Lee's front door or side <laughs> windows and their back door. They fucking scared some old white people just arrest them just arrest them they all <laughs> make look them like pay they're homeless the anyway make, make them pay them. for the damages out of the money that they thought they were using for the rest of their fucking fleet something like that arrest everybody moving no but instead they get a damn parade and they get celebrated in the streets and then albert goes and kisses his fucking 17 year old girlfriend god damn it See, it all comes back to blown away. Mm-hmm. It all comes back to blown seventeen. Does this look like the body of us? Yeah, but anyway, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So that's kind of sort of DC because I was not, I was not going to get on here and actually go through the whole movie. I didn't want to because, yeah. So before we wrap, you don't this even up, have to ask. You don't have to ask. No, 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 no. Before that, do you have a? standout character or anything from this movie like anyone that stands out from this ensemble honestly i'm really giving this some thought (laughs) because it's hard to stand out when everybody's playing the same level as zany and adam baldwin's playing the only straight man but his straight man is uh Hold on. I wrote this line down because it 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 didn't piss me off. It just was a thing. So let me get this straight. You from the honky south and you want to be down with the brothers? No, Tyrone. I'm from the new south where we're all brothers. Yeah, they wrote that. Fuck this movie. Fuck this whole movie. Who's the, who's the, who's the, uh, you know what? I know who the uh, person who did the best in this movie was. The little girl who got kidnapped. The (laughs) one who turned to the kidnapper at one point and said, and I quote, you are a pitiful bitch. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That was funny. I laughed at that part. Little Hermione. She was good. Um, Everything else. Marshall Warfield. Yeah, because she plays it straight. Yeah, yeah, she she did good. And I, you know, after seeing her in this, I was like, damn, she looked great. When did Night Court come out? She looked completely different when she was Roz, I thought. But again, it was in the 80s, and I don't remember very much. That, that uh, Night Court was like mid, late 80s, I think. Mid, late uh, 80s. Look to see what she looked like in that show, because I swear she looked different. Well, look, well, she did gain some weight, so that okay, yeah. I mean, she is. Playing. Yeah, it's it's either her or else. Um, yeah, she gained weight. Like, not not that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that's why I was like, oh, okay, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, when I, I mean, shoot, she was on the Richard Pryor show, and I remember I, I seen like clips of that on YouTube and everything. It's like. That's Marshall Warfield? Like, wait a minute. Because, you know, everyone has that image of from her of Night Court. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, most important or uh, best person in the film? I got nothing. <laughs> I have piss all. Like, honestly, every part of this film, maybe Gary Busey, but I doubt it. I mean, it's, it's Gary Busey. So. Just, he just he was just Gary Busey. I can't even credit him for that. Like, the thing is, I watched 
the professional and watch Gary Oldman put on a, a absolute masterclass and shit. And then I had to watch this. Ain't nobody <laughs> getting credit from me. Y'all can't ride in my bus. Y'all can't kick it. See now, if you put Stanfield in DC Cab, Tyrone oh, definitely getting shot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tyrone is definitely getting shot. Yeah, <laughs> so. Tyrone riding around with his whole family with people sitting on laps and shit. Talking about you want to be one of the brothers, huh? No, motherfucker. I just said, can I ride with you? I'm riding with literally everybody, and I ask you if I can ride with you. You're the only person who gets a fucking attitude about it, Tyrone. Because it turns out you're a goddamn thief. Pretty much. He's a scammer. He's a scammer. Yeah. He takes yeah. drunk people, picks them up from the airport, and then drops them <laughs> off the same airport and takes $50 out of their pocket. Hey, how are you here? What? Like, what are you doing? Oh god damn it, Tyrone. How how does he have any redeeming <clears throat> okay? All right, so yeah, I'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole. So let's wrap it no, up. No, I will, I will, I will, <laughs> I will. I fucking hate the way they wrote Tyrone. Yes, yes. And I hate the way that they portrayed him. I hate the way that the guy played him. I really hated Tyrone. Yeah, he, and it he... made me mad because it it's it in the day and age we're in now, 2021, what? 38 years after this movie came out. Yeah. Tyrone didn't age well at all. Oh, he no. looks like uh, one of those motherfuckers who would have been up and down the street saying, what it is, bro. I took a picture and sent it to Jay of a scene where Tyrone is talking to, to, to whatever the fuck. Was Adam, it Albert? Albert. He was talking to Albert and his lip was so <laughs> stuck out when he was talking and he can't walk without doing the, the jive strut and it's just so mm. much. It's not so, it's not that it's so bad because it is bad. His whole role is bad, but it's so much bad in one small spot. Yeah. The, 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 the wig with the rollers on it, the way that he talks to people, the, 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 the way that he's the one at the beginning of the movie for no fucking reason, after the after the imitation Cheech runs into a Chinese restaurant and the uh, the store workers come out and grab him, Tyrone drives past and makes racist Asian faces at them. Yes, there's nothing redeemable about this guy, and then you want me to suddenly like him because he meets Irene Cara. Fuck him. Fuck this movie. Fuck the writers. Fuck Joel Schumacher. I never thought I'd say that. Well, DC Cab got you to say it. Oh my God. The nigga made Batman. He, he made, made Batman. Two Batman. 89's movies. Batman. He did that. Why do you want me to hate you, Joel? <laughs> yeah, that Tyrone. Yes, Tyrone. Definitely. And. As a black man watching that, I'm offended. I'm offended. I I, I get offended watching it, and it, it, charged, it doesn't. He charged the the folks at the beginning of the movie. He charged them one hundred and ninety five dollars for a twelve dollar trip, God which damn. is literally sixteen times the actual cost of the trip. He's the only person who does this. Yeah. I mean, you you understand why Gary Busey had Albert to go into the damn uh, club to try to get the money because the damn waitress, topless, well, yeah, topless waitress basically skips out on paying them. Mm -hmm. So you understand that. And then she runs out and no clothes on and, and the damn security like, what are you doing? And he, okay. She's like, don't touch me. Get your hands off me, bitch. You're naked. You run in the middle of the street butt naked. You you run in the middle of the streets. Everybody can see your public hairs. This is the 80s. You ain't. What are you doing? First of all, why is there a, why is there a, a restaurant where y'all are serving me topless? I don't want your titty dust in my fucking steak. I don't. Is that is that a nipple hair in my soup? <laughs> what is this? What the fuck is this in my tea? What is that a scabby? Like, ew! Oh. And then you run out 
buck ass naked because you lie and tell the bouncer that this guy's trying to get a feel on you. So then they come back in and take their money. So then you want to get mad and shit. Like I say, this this movie is filled with a lot of shenanigans. And I mean, some of it kind of hits and, and a lot of it doesn't hit. So now I got to ask the question that we do at the end of all of these. Is it bad meaning bad or is it bad meaning good? Bad is an understatement. Bad is an understatement. Like I, I, I can't express to y'all the pain I felt when I thought we should all put money together and give Jeff his money back for buying DC cab. Like we should literally pay him back. This was bad. This was, I don't know what the fuck I was. I, 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 I haven't talked to my dad in like 10 years. I kind of want to call the nigga, just ask him what the fuck he thought of this movie. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> because not only did he um, watch the movie, he bootlegged the motherfucker. God damn it. I remember seeing that. He bootlegged Rocky Three and he bootlegged this. It was in his handwriting. What the fuck were you thinking, Dad? I'm about to look this shit up on IMDb. I want to see some trivia on this shit. A Mr. T double feature? Is that what that was? I don't. I don't know. He had. He had this. Porky's Risky Business and Rocky Three. Those are what he bootlegged. This movie has a 5.5 out of 10 on IMDb, and that don't make no sense. So if y'all don't already know, it's bad meaning bad. It is bad. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, yes, it's it's a terrible movie. Here, here's how bad it was. Jim Carrey auditioned for the film. What? And Joel Schumacher turned him down because he felt Jim Carrey was too talented to be in an ensemble. Too talented for this fucking movie. In 83. In 83. Jim Carrey was too talented. Wow. 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 Yeah. Oh, by the way, Joel Schumacher previously written the movie Car Wash. Okay, so that makes a whole... That makes a lot of sense now. Internationally, this film was a fucking major hit. It's one of Poland's highest grossing comedies of all time and won Best Comedic Picture in Turkey. <laughs> that's it that's all i want to talk about i don't i don't want to say shit else about this movie it was bad i don't give a fuck what it got voted on it was bad it was bad fuck this movie well, here, here's one more no fuck you. tyrone <laughs> yeah well yeah from tyrone well here's one more for you when this film was released when this film was released date a month and a half earlier mr t did an episode of the a-team entitled Taxi Cab Wars. You should have stuck with that. He wouldn't have had to. He doesn't even talk in the A team. Why the fuck did they let him talk here? Who's letting Mr. T talk? Joe Schumacher. Mr. T doesn't even talk in his cartoons. Joe Mr. Schumacher. T doesn't speak. He pities the fool who tries to make him talk. Joe Schumacher. You know what? I have, I have half a mind to go on here and find some lines where he fucking spoke. Joel Schumacher. He's just so bad at it. Joel Schumacher. Joel Schumacher, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> he talks. Joel, Joel Schumacher. Also, Gary Busey had a line where he said, why are women so uptight? They got half the money and all the pussy. Yeah, when when the when the woman pushes him at the uh, at the drive-in for no mm-hmm. reason. Yeah, like what's your problem? Which was kind of random. Like, why did she push him? He wasn't doing anything to him. So, like, why did she push him? I don't know. All right. Well, I mean, that's all I got. So it's bad. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. But definitely check it out. You know, before you listen to this episode, check it out and then listen to us talk about it. So, yes. 
<laughs> that's that's all like I, I don't you know I don't even know how to end this either. I don't know. Fuck. Fuck this movie. It is, you know, uh, what it is, homeboy, you know, as uh, Tyrone said. What it is, bro. Like, oh, God. He actually does do that when they try to pick up the people at the airport. What it is, homeboy. Come on. God damn, Tyrone. I swear, if he had lived, here's what Tyrone would have done. Here's his next acting job. He would have been the... uh, the dude's name in in Total Recall, who was the marshal no. that was driving on Mars. No, Benny. I got seven kids. Ha ha ha! He. That would have been him. That would have been his next job. And you know what? When you think, now that you think about that, that dude really does act like Tyrone. Mm-hmm. He's a scammer. Mm-hmm. He wear these outlandish clothes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he talks jive, but then he switches it up when it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Y'all just going around in circles now. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. We we we, we got to end this now. Um, Derek, I'm sorry I put you through this movie. <laughs> Baby, you make me wish I had three hands. Sorry, I do. I, do. I, I, I apologize. <laughs> I, I I apologize for, for making you suffer through this movie, Jeff. I apologize. Damn, I'm going to hold apology to it now, Jeff. I'm sorry that I made you pay for this movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, oh, uh, that's DC Cap. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, that's all I got. That's 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 it. Yeah. So thank y'all for coming out. God bless. Good night. Yeah. Peace. Peace. I'm sorry, brother. I don't have a minute. So you can do what you want to do. But I owe Albert for helping me find the things I never had before, like pride and dignity. So I'm going out there after them. Because the least I can find is my self-respect. And the most I can find is Albert and them kids. I don't know about you. I like what I became these past few weeks, and I ain't never going back to being what I was before.